There's no mystery to what the Minnesota Vikings are going to do against the Chicago Bears. This game is going to be all about beating the Vikings blitz and keeping Josh Dobbs contained and in front of you. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we're going to put together a game plan for how the Chicago Bears can beat the Minnesota Vikings, what they need to do to move the ball against this Vikings defense that is going to blitz them heavily, as we saw already earlier this season and in every game the Vikings defense plays. We'll also look at what to expect from Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings offense, especially with Tyreek Stevenson ruled out for this game for the Bears. And also it sounds like Justin Jefferson unlikely to play for the Minnesota Vikings, but Dobbs has given them some new life and taken their offense in some new directions than what we saw when these two teams played back in week six. And then we'll wrap up looking at some of the key matchups on both sides of the ball, that if the Bears can just win these one-on-one matchups, it'll go a long way towards them being able to get a key NFC North victory before we get into this Bears bye week. First of all, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving with your, your loved ones, whatever form that takes, whatever your idea of family is in your life, whether that's friends or people you're actually related to. I hope you had a restful and enjoying and recharging weekend for you. I know I did. Got to see lots of people. But now I'm ready for Bears-Vikings football on Monday Night Football. And we know what this Vikings defense is going to do. Like we saw it in week six. They're going to bring guys up on the line of scrimmage and send a lot of different pass rushers from a lot of different areas fairly consistently and regularly. We saw when Tyson Bajant came in the game for Justin Fields after the injury. They blitzed Bajant on all but one of his dropbacks in that game. And when Justin Fields was in the game, they blitzed him on 70% of his dropbacks in the game. 12 out of 17 for him in that one. So that's about what we can expect. Every play, essentially, you have to prepare as though every play and at least one extra pass rusher is going to come from somewhere. Sure, there will be plays where they don't blitz, and you have to be ready for that too. But generally, it's best to assume that at all times, we need to have an answer for them blitzing because it's going to happen, and it might not just be one player, it might be three extra players, right? They can send all sorts of blitzers and send the house at you to try and get your quarterback uncomfortable. So you need to have options ready. I need every play, every play call that comes in, or at least every passing play to come in, needs to have a hot route, somewhere that Justin Fields can know, okay, if the blitz is coming, I I can throw the ball there right away and know that it's safe, it's going to be open quickly, you know, it's not a down, it's not necessarily always a downfield thing, but even just a, a check down that it's just blitz means go there to get rid of the ball because I know they'll have fewer defenders back in coverage and that hot route can maybe do something after the catch. You need to either always have a hot, a hot route built into every play or 
some sort of check at the line of scrimmage that Justin Fields can make to get to a play with a hot route. So you might call a play you know, from the sideline that doesn't have a hot route. Not every play does necessarily. But if you do, you have to have something where Fields can change the play and get to something. If the Vikings are clearly and obviously blitzing or showing a major threat of blitz, even if they end up not blitzing, like I still want to have that ready. Like the Vikings, we heard on Thursday, crossover Thursday with Luke Braun from Lockdown Vikings, that like they want to make you into like a check down bubble screen kind of offense and really limit what you're going to do because of the blitzing. And I think to some extent, that's going to be a necessary evil. Like what they do there generally can work, right? Like they're going to force you to throw some bubble screens and they're going to throw force you to throw a lot of quick little hot check downs. And their, their idea is that you're not going to be able to move down the field effectively enough if that's all you're doing as an offense. But I think part of this game is like, you're going to have to do that sometimes, but you're also going to have to find a way to be able to do more than just that. And I think that's where you start to talk about loading up with, with max protection plays, right? You're not going to do this a ton, but have a running back and a tight end or two tight ends stay in as extra blockers. So you only have maybe two receivers running downfield, but it loads up a play where Justin Fields can take a shot and you feel like, okay, my wide receiver over here can beat their cornerback in this matchup, especially if they're going to be blitzing. A lot of that blitzing ends up being out of man coverage. Sometimes it's zone, but a lot of times, even when it is zone, there's so few defenders in zones that it kind of becomes man coverage, at least for the outside receivers one-on-one. It might be zone over the middle, but the edges kind of end up operating like man, even if it's a zone coverage call. And so, okay, can DJ Moore then beat that guy and you take the shot downfield? I, I think there are also ways you can try and like smartly, wisely roll out the quarterback out of the pocket. And it's a dangerous game because if you roll out into a blitzer, it's almost assuredly an immediate sack, right? If the cornerback is coming and the quarterback is going to roll towards the cornerback, the cornerback is going to have a, is not, quarter, QB is not going to see CB and it's going to be a direct beeline to the quarterback for a sack. Like that's what you have to avoid, right? But if, if there are certain, you might have certain options here to where if you see, if they're showing blitz on one side in particular, can you roll, can you check into a play to roll away from that blitz? Because they can blitz, if the quarterback is already running away from the blitz at the snap, that blitz really isn't going to have much of an impact. And what you're going to be left with is fewer defenders on the back end to to, to, to to stop some of those throws downfield. It's just a dangerous game as far as knowing when and how to to roll out and to make sure you're not rolling out into the blitz. You know, some things you can do to try and prevent that, like you can pull either a tight end across the formation, almost like a split zone action, or even pull a guard with the quarterback when you roll out so that if they are blitzing that direction, there is a blocker running with the quarterback to pick up the first player coming his way. Like there are different things you can do to set up a rollout that'll be a little bit more effective in the face of a blitz. But that's the kind of thing that if you can set it up perfectly, that can get the downfield passing game open a little bit more. So you're not just bubble screening and, and checking down. Also, like regular screens, a running back screen to try and draw the blitz in and throw it behind them is always a great way to go. They say that the throw to replace the blitzer is where you can find space in there. And then, of course, you got to be running the ball effectively, staying ahead of the sticks so they're not keying in on third and second and long where they can really just blitz and get home, but having to be able to stop the run as well. You know, I think a lot of times when a defense like this can load up the line of scrimmage with blitzers, that tells your offensive lineman where the run fits are. So there's less of a read for the running back. And it can be, I don't want to say easier to run the ball against those those kind of fronts, but it requires less thinking and it's a little bit more clear where the blocks need to go and where the running backs can go as well. So I think, I think there's some real opportunity here to be able to run the ball and try and make these situations easier to try and negate some of the overwhelming aggressiveness of the blitz in those obvious passing situations. 
I think the Bears can do it. I don't think that means 35, 42, 49 points, right? But it's but I think they can find ways to get Justin Fields time to throw and not be super limited and without also putting him in too much of harm's way. But easier said than done, and it's going to be a great test for Fields and just the general progress of this Bears offense. It'll also be a different kind of test for this Bears defense. Going up against perhaps the most mobile quarterback of any QB they faced on the schedule this season, I'm really curious to see how that's going to affect the way the Bears have been able to stop the run and also how that affects the passing game in here when Dobbs can extend plays with his legs. We'll go through what to expect from a different-looking Vikings offense now than what we saw back in Week 6 next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you you are on LinkedIn too. And if you're not, a lot of your coworkers are on LinkedIn as well. And hiring is super easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses, just after a small business Saturday like this, are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to invest in hiring. So LinkedIn makes a process that is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is here to provide you with talk therapy this holiday season. The holidays aren't always great for everyone. For some people, it can be an easy time. For other people, it can be really stressful and there can be natural sadness and anxiety and just fear and worry that come with being around so many people and being around the family and people don't always have the perfect family situations or maybe you feel alone around the holidays, like you don't have enough family around you and BetterHelp is here to help you through it to really be your best self. I do online therapy every single week and it's a really important part of my mental health regimen and BetterHelp is here to help you do the same thing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a therapist and you know what? If it's not the right one for you, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash locked on. We're used to game planning for a Minnesota Vikings offense with a fairly statuesque Kirk Cousins, right? The, the model against Kirk Cousins was always like when he's cleaning in the pocket, he can slice and dice you up and down the field. And he's generally someone who has made a lot more mistakes under pressure. And like, obviously most quarterbacks fall under that category of better being clean and worse under pressure. But like Cousins has long been one of those guys who has been drastically worse under pressure and him getting rid of the ball quickly and making plays is, is, is about keeping him clean and letting playmakers make plays. Josh Dobbs, very different story, obviously still young and still kind of, we're still, I think everyone is still learning the full extent of what Josh Dobbs can and can't do in his career. He's shown us certainly more this season with the Vikings than he'd shown at any point in his NFL career so far. And even just, you know, what has it been? Three games he's played with the Vikings have all been very impressive and someone that Vikings fans, it's easy to root for. And he's had, 
you know, varying degrees of success. They won the first two and, and almost beat the Broncos there for three in a row. And, you know, he's he makes plays at the end of the day. Like he's done. He's not just a backup who comes in and he's not. I don't want to I don't mean this to be di- disparaging of Tyson Bajan, but right. Bajan comes in and he kind of has to you know, he's field generaling the offense, but mostly like game managing. And Josh Dobbs has done a little bit more than game managing. He is extremely athletic mobile, a guy who can beat you with his legs and scramble very successfully, make big plays. He's not as fast as Justin Fields, but he's he's crafty about it, right? Like he, And he's very, very smart in terms of, you know, knowing where to take those lanes and where, where what angles to take as a runner and knowing how to slide and get out of bounds and get to the first down marker, like those kind of things. He, he is effective at it, right? It's not about being the world's most dynamic athlete, but he's, he's, quite, he's quite a good athlete, but like he's also just very smart about how he does it. And so... This is going to be a game of, of trying to keep him contained, trying not to let his legs be that sort of X-factor weapon for this offense that, yeah, you know, you cover everybody really well, but that's not good enough because he's still able to scramble. I mean, all the things you, you talk about with Justin Fields, right? It's, we don't have to explain the value of a mobile quarterback to you because you see it all the time. But that means, you know, from a pass rushing standpoint defensively, like you got to be disciplined in your rush lanes, right? If you're going to be the guy who's rushing outside of the tackle, then you can't let him scramble past you outside of the tackle. And certainly if he's going to go like right inside the tackle, you got to be able to get back inside, right? Like not only is your goal beat the lineman and get to the quarterback, but if I'm not beating the lineman, I have to keep my eyes on the quarterback and know that he might start scrambling. So I need to know whether I need to disengage to the outside to kind of keep him in the pocket or disengage to the inside to try and keep him in the pocket. Or you know, if he's stepping up towards you to not let him scramble past you and get past the line of scrimmage and, and try and pick up a first down and all that stuff. Like, like Dobbs, like Fields, is a quarterback who generally will hold on to the ball longer, wants to try and make a play, and can use his legs to extend plays. And so that's where your pass rush then has more time to get to the quarterback. Very different from Jared Goff last week, where he gets rid of the ball very quickly, and like as as fast as you try and get to the quarterback— He'll feel that and immediately get rid of the ball as soon as he feels like the offensive lineman is getting beat. He's gonna he's gonna throw it. Whereas Dobbs will be more inclined to try and extend that play, try and get out of the pocket, try and make that guy miss, try and find something else downfield. And sometimes, as a result, early now in Dobbs's career here, he will run into pressure sometimes and can run into sacks sometimes. Right? If he's if he's gonna step up and leave the pocket. If you're able to disengage from your pass rusher or from your pass blocker as a pass rusher, he will run towards you and then you just need to tackle him. Not all the time, but right, that's one of the things here where it's like it's not purely about beating your rusher. It's about it's about being ready to clean up if someone else flushes him out of the pocket or he just decides to leave the pocket early, which he does sometimes, be ready to let him come to you and make the tackle. It's about really like motor and hustle here, like rushing to the whistle, not trying your pass rush move and then kind of like, all right, well, I didn't get him on this play give up because he's going to hold on to the ball long enough. When he does have a clean pocket, does have some time to throw, he does throw a pretty nice deep ball. He's had some very impressive downfield throws. It's not something he does all the time, like not as much as even Fields wants to. Like he's not a he's not a cannon firer all the time necessarily, but he's been very effective. Like it, he doesn't do it a ton, but when he does, it works very well. He he's accurate, puts hits them in stride, makes Difficult throws over the top of coverage. It's been impressive to watch. Like that's and that's where we talk about Dobbs being a little bit more of like a plus kind of playmaking backup quarterback in this situation for the Vikings. Like he he really does nail them. Now sometimes when he holds onto these balls too long, 
he will put the ball in harm's way. Like he'll try and do a little bit too much with his arm. It's not, I wouldn't say he's like totally reckless about it, but it, it, he's put a couple of, of passes out there for defenders to get hands on. And I think especially after we saw, you know, Edmonds and Edwards and Sanborn also, there were three interceptions against Derek Goff. I can't remember who the third one was. Oh, Tyreek Stevenson, who is out for this game. But regardless, especially I think I think about the linebackers over the middle of the field. Like, Dobbs is going to give them an opportunity. I think at least one time in this game, a Bears defender will get his hands on a Josh Dobbs pass. Whether or not they catch it for an interception or it falls for a pass breakup, I don't know. But I would be pretty confident that they'll get a shot at at least one Josh Dobbs pass. And if they can catch it, and generate some turnovers for this, this Bears offense to get better field position, they can go a long way towards winning this game. But it's really about, you know, like Dobbs, is, he's not going to be a guy that you see fire in a tight window and thread a perfect needle ball over the middle of the field, right? Or, or that perfect pass to the sideline where only your guy can get it and you're just like, wow. Like the wow passes are, are vertical for sure, but like intermediate area of the field, right? It's not... It's not surgical in that regard. Like, he, he's very good at taking what the defense gives him and being smart about it. Like, he'll take what's there. If you leave his receiver some space, he'll throw it over the middle of the field and beat you. But, right, it's not going to be the, the pinpoint, like, holy moly, how did, he, how did he fit it around that defender and then still in front of that defender to get it exactly to the way the receiver is? No, he's more inclined to just kind of take what's there. But sometimes he might try and do too much with his arm and throw one of those passes that he can't get. Those are the ones you got to be able to take advantage of. So, like, for me, when, when I think about Josh Dobbs in a game plan, right, my 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 idea is not it's not like force Josh Dobbs to beat you, you know, with his arm. Like he's a better quarterback than that. It's not just shut the running game down and make the QB beat you. It's not it's not as simple as that. But really it's it to me it's about keeping Josh Dobbs in front of you, right? If you if you don't let him scramble everywhere and keep him contained in the pocket and you don't let him hit hit a couple of those deep shots over the top, you know, make him throw over the middle of the field and work his way down the field that way maybe you can get him into making a mistake or two and that this Vikings offense, especially without Justin Jefferson, might not have the playmakers to score a ton of points on you that way. And and to be fair, like the first time the Bears and Vikings played, they only scored 19 in that game. That's a winning defensive performance against Kirk Cousins. Now you're to Josh Dobbs, who is not as good as Kirk Cousins. He's, he's, but, he's, but he's got that playmaking ability that scares you in some different ways than Kirk Cousins does. I'm not scared of the Vikings running game outside of Dobbs at this point. Like, yeah, they, they ran well against the Broncos last week. The Broncos are 32nd in the NFL in run defense. I don't really see that as, like, a sign that they got better. I think they just played a worse run D. I think, you know, between Alexander Madison and the other guy whose name escapes me in Minnesota, those backs don't scare me. I think the Bears can shut down the running game. Ty Chandler is who I was trying to think of there. They'll get their 40, 50 yards each for, like, three yards a carry, and that's fine. I'm not worried about the running game. It's about Dobbs' scrambles and Dobbs' deep passing and and – you know, just tackling and making sure you get these playmakers down. I'm, and, you know, I'm more, more concerned about Hawkinson getting free chunks of yards here and there than anything else. But, you know, that that's one of the key matchups I think that this game is going to be all about is stopping guys like TJ Hawkinson, not letting him just be that security blanket that runs all over you like it felt like he did in the first time against the Vikings in week six. We'll go through some of the other key one-on-one matchups that the Bears need to win in order to beat the Vikings on Monday night. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Prize Picks puts you in complete control. It's you versus the Prize Picks projections available. I have a couple of entries in for this Bears Monday night game on my Prize Picks. Right now, I have one where it, I'm Prize Picks sets a projection, right? It's for every player's 
stats that they're going to perform this game. And you decide whether they will do more or less than their prize picks projection. So I have DJ Moore with more than four and a half receptions. And I have Joshua Dobbs with more than 37 and a half rushing yards. But I've got Alexander Madison with less than 17 and a half rushing yards in his first five rushing attempts. And if you get your picks right, you can win up to 25 times your money. You got to check it out for yourself. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's an extra $100 to play with at prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. If the Chicago Bears want to make life easy for themselves against the Minnesota Vikings, they got to win some key one-on-one matchups here. And I think it's a lot of one-on-one matchups that feel winnable, right? Like the Vikings are a good team, a better team than the Chicago Bears. But like in pure on-paper talent, you know, you don't go to some of the key matchups that feel like the Bears are, are drastically outmatched. Like, for example, I really want to see how Jalen Johnson does against Jordan Addison, the young wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. This is a game where... I want Jalen Johnson to shut him down, hold him to nothing. I don't want to say zero catches is, is, you know, anything more than zero would be bad, but like make him a non-factor in this game. Jalen, the story on Jordan Addison that everyone knows, if you're physical with him, you press him at the line of scrimmage, you jam him on his route, you don't let him run free, he struggles to separate and get open. He is not strong. He is, frail is too, too, too heavy of a term because he's an NFL athlete. Like he's not weak. He's just not NFL strong. And Jalen Johnson is a physical cornerback. So go kick his butt. Go show him that you are a shutdown cornerback. Like we know Jalen, it's not to me, it's not proving to me that Jalen Johnson is a shutdown cornerback, but shut him down. Like go shut him down, talk trash, get in his face, tell him that he's weak, tell him that he's soft and like physically beat him up. Like don't, don't like actually get in a fight. Like don't actually punch him and get, Ejected, but you know what I mean? Like, be the physical cornerback that you are and take that player out of the game. Because especially with Jalen, with Justin Jefferson, not expected to play, according to ESPN. He's questionable on the on the injury report. ESPN says not expected to play. There are other receivers that are KJ Osborne, Brandon Powell, Jalen Naylor, and Nikhil Harry. Let those guys beat you. I'm not so worried about it. Even with Tyreek Stevenson out for the Bears in this game, Terrell Smith was already earning more playing time last week and rotating with Stevenson. So I'm not panicking there, especially not panicking because he's going up against not a very good wide receiving core. Let those other guys beat you and then really keep an eye on TJ Hawkinson. I mean, that's a that's a group effort. It's not a one-on-one matchup there, but linebackers, safeties, slot corners, you got to have eyes on him. You got to stay close to him, not give him a bunch of separation because he really did a lot of damage against the Bears the week before. When I look at this Vikings offensive line in terms of you know getting that pressure on Josh Dobbs, the interior is still their weakest spot. Their center, Brad, Brad, their center Garrett Bradbury, excuse me, is not great. You know, they, they get by. I mean, it, I don't know. Think about it kind of like Lucas Patrick. It's like, yeah, is he is he the, is he the reason they lose games? No. But if you're looking to attack a weak spot on the offensive line, it's there. Like him and the right guard, Ed Ingram, are not great. So I want to see Jervon Dexter have another big game. He's been playing really well lately. It hasn't been like big sacks. But he's getting pressure on the quarterback more and more consistently over time. And I want to see him step up in that spot. I mean, Justin Jones too, Andrew Billings, the whole defensive interior. But specifically, I want to see a Jervon Dexter sack of Josh Dobbs beating those guys. The right guard in the center is where I think you can start to get home in there. Get that pressure right in front of Dobbs' face. It certainly can be disruptive there. But then the edge guy's got to be able to contain because Dexter can flush him up the middle. But if he can get it to the outside and extend plays with his legs, 
That's where you're going to get in trouble with on the back end, a la Justin Fields. Whereas I think the matchup to watch on the Bears offensive line versus the Vikings is the opposite. It's the edges. It's Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright going up against Daniil Hunter and DJ Wanham. So both of those guys have some success getting after Fields and Bajant in the first Vikings-Bears matchup, albeit Larry Borum was starting at left tackle in that game and not Braxton Jones, but still, like, the interior of the Vikings defensive line, I'm not here to, like, disparage them per se, but they don't scare you nearly as much as the edge guys. Daniel Hunter has, like, 11 sacks this year. DJ Wonham has six or so, I think. And, and again, they had some success previously, and I'm, I'm more nervous about those guys than former Bears legend Jonathan Bullard or former Bears legend Kyrie Tonga on the interior of this Vikings defensive line. Yes, they're both... I believe starters on this Vikings defensive line. Not as worried about their pass rush getting at their fields as I am those edge guys and your tackles being able to hold up against them. And, you know, especially with blitzers coming then too, like if the tackles have to pass off the edge, you know, if Daniel Hunter is coming and a cornerback's coming, tackle might have to go to the corner and then your guard has to come over to Hunter. And then you know, all of a sudden, you know, I certainly that you still trust a guy like Tevin Jenkins or maybe Nate Davis to pick that up, but it's it's the communication there too against good guy, good pass rushers. If those guys end up stunting on the inside, then it's Lucas Patrick, and you get a little more scared there. But regardless, you know what to expect, right? You're not. This is not a surprise. They're going to blitz you. I mean, it might be a surprise where the blitzers come from each time, but you got to be ready at all times. You're not going to get caught off guard by the blitz, so you got to be ready for those two guys. In terms of on the outside, the Vikings have an injury at corner right now. Their starter, uh, a Caleb Evans. I don't know how to say that, a Caleb Evans. He's questionable and might not play, so their backup is a third-round rookie, Mackay Blackman. He's he's actually been playing pretty well when he's been in there, and I'm a little bit more interested, like, Mooney versus a rookie Blackman is something that I want to see the Bears win, but to me, it's DJ Moore versus Byron Murphy, their number one corner, because Murphy's a solid corner, but he's missed a lot of tackles this season. And if, if Justin Fields is going to have to get rid of the ball more quickly because of the blitz and throw hot, like, I want... I want DJ Moore to catch the ball quickly, and then he's got to beat this cornerback one-on-one after the catch. We've seen how good DJ Moore is after the catch. He's playing a, a corner who's missed, I think, at least one tackle in every game this season. or It's averaged out to at least one tackle in every game this season. Like, one in four tackle attempts he's made, he misses. So, like, there's a good chance for DJ Moore to get one-on-one coverage, catch a three-yard curl route, right, or a quick slant, or even just a quick out to the flat, catch it, turn up field, break one tackle, and then you're not like off to the races, but then then what should have been a three-yard play can become a 20-yard play, right? Those are the kind of things that the Bears need to win this game. We heard Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings talk about that on the Crossover Thursday podcast. It's stuff like that. Get the ball quickly into the hands of a guy who can make a play off the catch, and DJ Moore is absolutely the number one guy on that list in your Bears offense. Honestly, Roshan Johnson as well in the passing game. I want to see him get a screen pass or something like that, or even Darnell Mooney or Tyler Scott. You know, use your speed and have those guys make a play after the catch. The Bears are going to need that from their playmakers because it can't all be air yards from Justin Fields. The Vikings are not going to give you a lot of opportunity to get those air yards, and so that's where those playmakers really will come in handy. That's what the Bears need to do in order to win this game. It's always easier said than done. It's easy to be the unpaid assistant sitting here with a microphone telling you what to do to win. It's a lot harder to go out there and do it, execute at a high level, especially with the way the Bears have played this season with the coaching they've received, et cetera, et cetera. But hey, it's still going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. I hope that this podcast helped get you ready for that game, and then we'll break it all down for you Tuesday morning. Maybe it'll be a victory Tuesday, the rare victory Tuesday. We'll see what the Bears have in store. Either way, 
make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for something to listen to next, if you watch on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, this video, as it wraps up, will automatically direct you to our live 24-hour streaming channel on YouTube of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got Locked On Sports playing for you 24 hours a day, live streaming on our YouTube channel. It's super cool on the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's really cool. I hope you'll go check that out. And then come on back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Bears and another opportunity to bear down.